Brother Darrell. This morning I'm going to be speaking on the topic of leprosy. And I'm going to read Leviticus 13 first to introduce this. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or a bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh, like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought before Aaron the priest, or under one of his sons the priests. And the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh, and when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy, and the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. In the bright spot, if in the bright spot be white, excuse me, if the bright spot be white in the skin of his flesh, and in sight be not deeper than the skin, and the hair thereof be not turned white, then the priest shall shut him up, shall shut up him that hath the plague seven days, and the priest shall look on him the seventh day, and behold, if the plague in his sight be at a stay, and the plague spread not in the skin, then the priest shall shut him up seven days more. And the priest shall look on him again the seventh day, and behold, if the plague be somewhat dark, and the plague spread not in the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is but a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scab spread much abroad in the skin, after that he hath been seen of the priest for his cleansing, he shall be seen of the priest again. And if the priest see that, behold, the scab spreadeth in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprosy. When the plague of leprosy is in a man, then he shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall see him, and behold, if the rising be white in the skin, and it have turned the hair white, and there be quick raw flesh in the rising, it is an old leprosy in the skin of his flesh, and the, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean, and shall not shut him up, for he is unclean. And if the leprosy break out abroad in the skin, and the leprosy cover all the skin of him that hath the plague, from his head even to his foot, wheresoever the priest looketh, then the priest shall consider, and behold, if the leprosy have covered all his flesh, he pr shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. It is all turned white, he is clean. But when raw flesh appeareth in him, he shall be unclean. And the priest shall see the raw flesh, and pronounce him to be unclean. For the raw flesh is unclean, it is a leprosy. Or if the raw flesh turned again, and be changed unto white, he shall come unto the priest, and the priest shall see him. And behold, if the plague be turned unto white, into white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean, that hath the plague, he is clean. The flesh also, in which even in the skin thereof, was a boil, and is healed. And in the place of the boil there be a white rising, or a bright spot, white and somewhat reddish, and it be showed to the priest. And if when the priest seeth it, behold, it be in sight lower than the skin, and the hair thereof be turned white, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a plague of leprosy, broken out of the boil. But if the priest look on it, and behold, there be no white hairs therein, and if it be not lower than the skin, but be somewhat dark, then the priest shall shut him up seven days. And if it spread much abroad in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean, it is a plague. But if the bright spot stay in his place, and spread not, it is a burning boil, and the priest shall pronounce him unclean. If it, or if there be any flesh in the skin, whereof there is a hot burning, and the quick flesh that burneth have a white have a white bright spot, somewhat reddish or white, then the priest shall look upon it, and behold, if the hair in the bright spot be turned white, and it be in sight deeper than the skin, it is a leprosy broken out of the burning, wherefore the priest shall pronounce him unclean. 
it is the plague of leprosy. But if the priests look on it, and behold, there be no white hair in the bright spot, and it be no, be no lower than the other skin, but be somewhat dark, then the priest shall shut him up seven days, and the priest shall look upon him the seventh day, and if it be spread much abroad in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean, it is the plague of leprosy. And if the bright spot stay in his place, and spread not in the skin, but it be somewhat dark, it is a rising and the burning. And the priest shall, it is a rising of the burning, and the priest shall pronounce him clean, for it is an inflammation of the burning. And if a man or woman have a plague upon the head or the beard, then the priest shall see the plague, and behold, if it be in sight deeper than the skin, and there be in it a yellow hair, a yellow thin hair, and the priest, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a dry skull, even a leprosy upon the head or beard. And if the priests look on the plague of the skull, and behold, it be not in sight deeper than the skin, and that there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall shut him up that hath the plague of the skull seven days. And the seventh day the priest shall look on the plague, and behold, if the skull spread not, and there be in it no yellow hair, and the skull be not in sight deeper than the skin, he shall be shaven, but the skull shall he not shave. And the priest shall shut him, shut up him that hath the skull seven days more. And in the seventh day the priest shall look on the skull, and behold, if the skull be not spread in the skin, nor be in sight deeper than the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the skull spread much in the skin after his cleansing, then the priest shall look on him, and behold, if the skull be spread in the skin, the priest shall not seek for yellow hair, he is unclean. But if the skull be in his sight at a stay, and that there is black a there is black hair grown up therein. The skull is healed. He is clean, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. If a man also or a woman have in the skin of their flesh bright spots, even white bright spots, then the priest shall look, and behold, if the bright spots in the skin of their flesh be dark whitish, be darkish white, it is a freckled spot, and that groweth in the skin. He is clean, and the man whose hair is fallen off his head, he is bald, yet is he clean. And he that hath his hair fallen off from the part of his head toward his face, he is forehead bald, yet is he clean. And if there be in the bald head or bald forehead a white reddish sore, it is a leprosy sprung up in his bald head or his bald forehead. Then the priest shall look upon it, and behold, if the rising of the sore be white reddish in his bald head or in his bald forehead, as the leprosy appeareth in the skin of the flesh, he is a leprous man, he is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. And the leper in whom the plague is his clothes, and the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, Unclean, unclean. And the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean. He shall dwell alone without the camp. He shall dwell alone without the camp shall, be his, shall his habitation be. The garment also that the plague of leprosy is in, whether it be a woolen garment or a linen garment, whether it be in the warp or wharf, or linen or of woolen, whether in a skin or in anything made of skin, and if the plague be greenish or reddish in the garment, or in the skin, either in the warp or in the woof, or in anything of skin, it is a plague of leprosy, and shall be showed unto the priest. And the priest shall look upon the plague and shut it shut up it that hath the plague seven days. And he shall look on the plague on the seventh day, 
if the plague be spread in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof, or in the skin, or in any work that is made of skin, the plague is a fretting leprosy, it is unclean. He shall therefore burn that garment, wherein the warp, whether the warp or woof, in woolen or in linen, or in anything of skin, wherein the plague is, for it is a fretting leprosy, it shall be burnt in the fire. And if the priest shall look, and behold, the, le the plague be not spread in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof, or in anything of skin, then the priest shall command that they wash the thing wherein the plague is, and he shall shut it up seven days more. And the priest shall look on the plague, after that it is washed. And behold, if the plague have not changed his color, and the plague be not spread, it is unclean. Thou shalt burn it in the, f in the fire, it is fret inward, whether it be bare within or without. And if the priest look, and behold, the plague be somewhat dark after the washing of it, then he shall rend it out of the garment, or out of the skin, or out of the warp, or out of the woof. And if it appears still in the garment, either in the warp, or in the woof, or in anything of skin, it is a spreading plague. Thou shalt burn that wherein the plague is with fire. And the garment, either warp, or woof, or whatever thing of skin it be, which thou shalt wash, if the plague be departed from them, and it shall be washed the second time, and shall be clean. This is the law of the plague of leprosy, and a garment of woolen or linen, either in the warp or woof, or anything of skins, to pronounce it clean or to pronounce it unclean. That was pretty long. I would first like to set a couple of de definitions out for basic understanding of this talk. Leprosy in the Bible is not the leprosy that we understand it to be today. Because what some people understood leprosy today to be and what they read in the Bible sounded similar, it was translated as leprosy, but it isn't leprosy. What it actually is, I'll get to in a second, but I would first like to define leprosy so that we know what it is. Leprosy is a bacterium that infects nerves. There are two types of leprosy, one that affects the extremities and one that affects the head. If left untreated, the disease can cause what appears to be corrosion in the extremities, and it can also cause blindness and or deviated septum in the head. However, this degeneration in the extremities is not actually a corruption of tissue. It is the result of repeated injury to the affected body part. The bacteria damage the nerves, causing a loss of pain receptors. A leper can feel anything except pain. Uh, this is how the damage occurs. For an example is a normal person who does not have this nerve, nerve damage uh, will it sticks a key in a lock and turns it. If the key sticks, the person would turn, and if it continues to stick, uh, he would feel pain in his fingers because he keeps turning too hard. He'll stop turning. But the leper would not feel this. He'll keep turning. He can feel the pressure, but he doesn't feel the pain as the key would cut into his hands. And he'd, he'd do actions like this repeatedly, and that's how the, how, why it looks like their hands are deformed and, and, and all cut up. Because they keep, they, they, stub their toes or they smack their hand on something, they don't realize it, they'll keep performing these actions again and again, and it just wears down their body. Let's see. But with the leprosy talked about in the Bible, there is no in-depth description of the disease. The disease talked about in the Bible is referred to as Zerath in the Hebrew, that's spelled T-Z-A-R-A-A-T-H. The reason we know it is not leprosy is because of the most notable characteristics of zoraeth, white spots that spread across the skin, and leprosy is not highly contagious. The, the leprosy that I was just talking about that causes uh, nerve damage. It is possible that zoraeth was a degenerative disease, but we 
but all we really know is that it was a skin disease that was highly contagious. Because the passage seems to indicate that the disease was not always permanent, we know for sure that it was not leprosy. It is very likely that it was a type of fungus, seeing that it could be transferred to a person, clothes, house. The, word, uh, the root word for leprosy in the Old Testament is defined as scourge. The disease was thought to be brought on by divine retribution for a sin, which is interesting because the disease represents sin. In the New Testament, the word means flake or peel. I would like to touch on a few symbols presented to us by the leper in this chapter. As I just mentioned, leprosy represents sin. However, it either represents the law of sin and death, sin in our lives, or sin in other individuals' lives. I hope to investigate each of these in some depth and to emphasize the need for self-examination and for the watchman. I will be referring to leprosy by its Hebrew name of Zoraeth, so it won't be confused with actual leprosy. First, we will recognize the symbol of, lep uh, the, symbol of the law of sin and death represented by Zoraeth. There were two types of Zoraeth, one that could be healed and one that could not be healed. We read about the type that could be healed in verses 16 to 17 and verse 46, which I'm just going to look over real quick again. Or if the raw flesh turn again and be changed into white, he shall come unto the priest, and the priest shall see him. And behold, if the plague be turned into white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. That hath the plague, he is clean. And in both these, uh, both these verses, no, I guess it's just in 17, uh, the word plague refers specifically to this plague of, of leprosy, as it's termed. And verse 46, which says, All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean. He shall dwell alone without the camp, or he shall dwell alone without the camp shall, be his, shall his habitation be. And just in that first, that first part of the verse, All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. Uh, that kind of indicates to me that it was not necessarily a lifelong condition, that this person suffered, uh, suffered uh, this disease for the rest of his days, that it could uh, possibly be healed. Uh, though verse 30, like I said, though verse 46 does not say that a leper is healed, it implies that the days of the disease do not always last until death. There are cases also of suspected Zoraeth in verses 4 to 6, 21 and 22, 28 to 26, and verses 31 to 34, which I'm not going to read again. But uh, those are some cases where it was uh, a boil or uh, an inflammation of the burning. These verses teach us that there is a means by which sin can be forgiven, can be forgiven and we can be accepted by our Heavenly Father. When we are Gentiles outside the body, we are governed by the law of sin and death. We have a choice, live under this law and perish, or live under the law of the spirit of life in Christ and have a chance at eternal life. Those who wish to live under the new law are represented by those who come to be healed by the high priest. They are examined and covered, which is translated shut up, and are given a probationary period. Paul in Ephesians 2.13 says they are now in Christ Jesus who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. This represents baptism into Christ, our period of time in this life to serve God and show our dedication to him or our own flesh in the judgment seat where we are separated into the righteous and unrighteous. Those who do not wish to live by God's commandments remain outside the camp until they die. Paul terms these 
as being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And that's in verse 12 of Ephesians 2. Secondly, I'd like to investigate the symbol of sin in our lives as brethren. We see in these verses a lesson of self-examination. The first thing mentioned in these passages is the person being brought before the priest. If we are the diseased person, we need to recognize it and go through our high priest in prayer. A sinful life is not accept an acceptable life to lead when we are brethren of Christ. We must recognize our sin and take steps to eliminate it, not live with it. Second, the diseased area was covered up, and sometimes, if not always, the person was shut up from the camp also. This part of the path to healing represents the steps we must take in recognizing our sin, cutting it off, and replacing it with other practices more beneficial to a life in Christ, such as Bible study, study of some sort. The last step in the healing process is to once again bring the diseased person to the priest for examination. Then the person was pronounced either clean or unclean. We must once again examine our lives to tell whether our efforts at changing have been successful. The difference between the case of Zoraeth that heals and the case that spreads as it relates to sin in the flesh is this. Human frailty, which relates to the case that heals, is what man struggles against in the way of righteousness. Human wickedness, which relates to the case that spreads, is what man follows out of taste and preference. We must be honest with on, excuse me, we must be honest with ourselves and confess if we have not changed at all or become worse. We must continue going through Christ in prayer for forgiveness, else our sins are not forgiven. We read in Matthew seven, verses seven to eight Ask and it shall be given you, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If we ask for forgiveness, we will be forgiven if we are truly repentant of our sin. David writes in Psalm 51:17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. We cannot come before God in prayer with pride or with no intention of changing. That is not a contrite spirit. If we become worse than when we started, if we become worse than when we started trying to change our behavior, we must realize that we have taken on the name of Christ in vain and have continued living in sin despite our redeemed state. We will not be recognized by God in this state and must change our action, that is, become healed of our disease, or remain in an ungodly state until judgment, where our punishment will be finding ourselves on the left hand of Christ. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 28-29, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Paul also says in Romans 6, verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Also in verse 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. This is the verse that separates the people who have Zoraeth, or who are servants to sin, from the people who are not diseased, or servants to obedience. This also relates to the garment contaminated by Zoraeth. We, as servants of Christ, have been covered by the blood of Christ. Our covering should not be stained with sin. If we once again turn our lives back to sin, we are denying Christ and the offering he has made for us, and instead put on a cloak of sin over the covering he has provided us. 
Jude titles these people mockers who should walk after, the, after their own lusts. These be they that separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. If we do not wish to be one of these people, we must continually examine ourselves, keep our pride in check, and be honest about our sin. If we do not watch ourselves, we risk the chance of becoming a servant of sin. Finally, we will examine how Zerath relates to sin in the lives of others within the body. Though self-examination is greatly necessary, we also have the job of the watchman. We must be aware that these are the last days, and that, we, that what we have been, and that we have been told, it will be as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Also, from Paul, we know that wolves will arise within our midst. As was noted earlier, there were two types of Zerath, one case that could be healed and one, uh, and one was a case which could not be healed. The case of Zerath that could be healed was brought before the priest and examined. If it could not be determined whether it pro had progressed to the need of isolation, the spot was shut up or covered, and the individual was also put in quarantine sometimes. It appeared that the great test for this disease was the spreading or not spreading of the disease. If the disease did not spread, it was healed, or not a case of Zerath, though in most cases it was still a blemish, yet it did, not, it did not require isolation from the camp. If the disease did spread, it was a case of Zerath, and the individual was put out of the camp immediately. I believe the lesson here is that we must be diligent watchmen, not suspicious of all our brethren, but aware. We are not to immediately remove ourselves from the suspicious individual, we instead are taught to intervene and try to malady the case before it spreads. Then watch and see if it spreads and is life-threatening to other parts of the body or if it stays and heals. The other case, though, is life-threatening and does spread. In this case, the individual must be removed from the body or others will be infected and their lives also put, a je put in jeopardy. A quote from the book, The Law of Moses, states, There were professors of the truth in Peter's day of whom he says they cannot cease from sin. Their conscience is seared with the hot iron. This is a different class. These were incurable lepers who were apostolically directed to be dealt with as the Mosaic type prescribes. Moses says, put them out of the camp. Paul says, put away from yourselves that wicked, wicked person. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Keep no company with any man called a brother who is a fornicator, a covetous man, an idolater, an idolater or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. This relates also to the house that had Zerath in Leviticus 14, 33-48, which I'm going to read real quick. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When ye be come into the land of Canaan, which I give to you for a possession, and I put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession, and he that owneth the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, It seemeth to me there is, as it were, a plague in the house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest go into it to see the plague, that all that is in the house be not made unclean. And afterward the priest shall go in to see the house. And he shall look on the plague, and behold, if the plague be in the walls of the house with hollow strakes, greenish or reddish, which in the sight are lower than the wall, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house seven days. And the priest shall come again the seventh day and shall look. And behold, if the plague be spread in the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take away the stones in which the plague is, and they cast them into an unpleasant place without the city. And he shall cause the house to be scraped within and round about, 
and they shall pour out the dust that they scrape off without the city into an unclean place. And they shall take other stones and put them in the place of those stones, and he that shall take other mortar and shall plaster the house. And if the plague come again and break out in the house, after that he hath taken away the stones, and after he hath scraped the house, and after it, be, after it is plastered, then the priest shall come and look, and behold, if the plague be spread in the house, it is a fretting leprosy in the house, it is unclean. And he shall break down the house, the stones of it, and the timber thereof, and all the mortar of the house, and he shall carry them forth out of the city into an unclean place. Moreover, that he that goeth into the house, all the while that it is shut up, shall be unclean until the even. And he that lieth in the house shall wash his clothes, and he that eateth in the house shall wash his clothes. And if the priest shall come in and look upon it, and behold, the plague hath not spread in the house, after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean, because the plague is healed. However, there was hope for those individuals with Zerath who were put out of the camp to be healed and returned to life within the congregation. This comes from Leviticus 13, 12, and 17, which I'm going to look over again. And if the leprosy break out abroad in the skin, and the, lepers, and the leprosy cover all the skin of him that hath the plague, from his head even to his foot, wheresoever the priest looketh, then the priest shall consider. And behold, if the leprosy have covered all his flesh, he shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. It is all turned white, he is clean. But when the raw flesh appeareth in him, he shall be unclean. And the priest shall see the raw flesh, and pronounce him to be unclean. For the raw flesh is unclean, it is leprosy. For if the raw flesh turn again and be changed into white, he shall come unto the priest, and the priest shall see him. And behold, if the plague be turned unto white, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. He that hath the plague, he is clean. Or shall pronounce him clean, clean that hath the plague, he is clean. If the individual Zerath healed, they turned to the priest to be pronounced clean. There was still a cleansing period before being able to return to normal life within the congregation, though. There is also hope for those who have been put out of our midst. If the person finds himself in need of repentance and changes his ways, returning to an obedient path, he will be forgiven. For we read in Isaiah 55, 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And also in Ezekiel 18, 21 and 22, but if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. All his transgressions that he hath committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. In his righteousness that he hath done, he shall live. David also writes of those that repent, uh, writes that those who repent as far as the east from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. This is, of course, always the desire of the true brother, that the offender repents of his wickedness, that he might be received back into the flock. In closing, we need to take this lesson taught to us by the leper and consider it deeply. We must make sure we are the person fighting against human frailty and not living in wickedness. We should, learn, we should be learned enough in the word to play our part as the watchman, most of all, we must learn to self-examine. If we do not self-examine, we may try to help our brother get the mote out of his eye while we have a beam of our own to take care of. Now we'll...